section twenty one of the world war this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume fifteen the world war edited by horatio w dresser section twenty one the legion captures a trench nineteen fifteen by edward morley the next morning at eight a m hot coffee was passed round and we breakfasted on sardines cheese and bread with the coffee to wash it down at nine the command passed down the lines every man ready up went the knapsack on every man's back and rifle in hand we filed along the trench the cannonading seemed to increase in intensity from the low places in the parapet we caught glimpses of barbed wire which would glisten in occasional flashes of light our own we could plainly see and a little farther beyond was the german wire suddenly at the sound of a whistle we halted the command bayonet au canon passed down the section a drawn-out rattle followed and the bayonets were fixed then the whistle sounded again this time twice we adjusted our straps each man took a look at his neighbor's equipment i turned and shook hands with the fellows next to me they were grinning and i felt my own nerves a-quiver as we waited for the signal waiting seemed an eternity as we stood there a shell burst close to our left a moment later it was whispered along the line that an adjutant and five men had gone down what were we waiting for i glanced at my watch it was nine fifteen exactly the germans evidently had the range two more shells burst close to the same place we inquired curiously who was hit this time our response was two whistles that was our signal i felt my jaws clenching and the man next to me looked white it was only for a second then every one of us rushed at the trench wall each and every man struggling to be the first out of the trench in a moment we had clambered up and out we slid over the parapet wormed our way through gaps in the wire formed in line and at the command moved forward at march step straight toward the german wire the world became a roaring hell shell after shell burst near us sometimes right among us and as we moved forward at the double quick men fell right and left we could hear the subdued rattling of the mitrailleuses and the roar of volley fire but above it all i could hear with almost startling distinctness the words of the captain shouting in his clear high voice en avant viva la france as we marched forward toward our goal huge geysers of dust spouted into the air rising behind our backs from the rows of seventy-fives supporting us in front the fire curtain outlined the whole length of the enemy's line with a neatness and accuracy that struck me with wonder as the flames burst through the pall of smoke and dust around us above all was blackness but at its lower edge the curtain was fringed with red and green flames marking the explosion of the shells directly over the ditch and parapet in front of us low flying clouds mingled with the smoke curtain so that the whole brightness of the day was obscured out of the blackness fell a trickling rain of pieces of metal lumps of earth knapsacks rifles cartridges and fragments of human flesh we went on steadily nearer and nearer now we seemed very close to the wall of shells streaming from our own guns curving just above us and dropping into the trenches in front the effect was terrific i almost braced myself against the rocking of the earth like a sailor's instinctive gait in stormy weather in a single spot immediately in front of us not over ten metres in length i counted twelve shells bursting so fast that i could not count them without missing other explosions the scene was horrible and terrifying 
across the wall of our own fire poured shell after shell from the enemy tearing through our ranks from overhead the shrapnel seemed to come down in sheets and from behind the stinking blinding curtain came volleys of steel-jacketed bullets their whine unheard and their effect almost unnoticed i think we moved forward simply from habit with me it was like a dream as we went on ever on here and there men dropped the ranks closing automatically of a sudden our own fire curtain lifted in a moment it had ceased to bar our way and jumped like a living thing to the next line of the enemy we could see the trenches in front of us now quite clear of fire but flattened almost beyond recognition the defenders were either killed or demoralized calmly almost stupidly we parried or thrust with the bayonet at those who barred our way without a backward glance we leaped the ditch and went on straight forward toward the next trench marked in glowing outline by our fire i remember now how the men looked their eyes had a wild unseeing look in them everybody was gazing ahead trying to pierce the awful curtain which cut us off from all sight of the enemy always the black pall smoking and burning appeared ahead just ahead of us hiding everything we wanted to see the drama was played again and again each time as we approached so close that fragments of our own shells occasionally struck a leading file the curtain lifted as by magic jumped the intervening meters and descended upon the enemy's trench farther on the ranges were perfect we followed blindly sometimes at a walk sometimes at a dog-trot and when close to our goal on the dead run you could not hear a word in that pandemonium all commands were given by example or by gesture when our captain lay down we knew our orders were to lie down too when he waved to the right to the right we swerved if to the left we turned to the left a sweeping gesture with an arm extended first up then down meant halt lie down from down up it meant rise when his hand was thrust swiftly forward we knew he was shouting on avant and when he waved his hand in a circle above his head we broke into the double quick three times on our way to the second trench the captain dropped and we after him then three short quick rushes by the companies and a final dash as the curtain of shells lifts and drops farther away then a hand-to-hand -hand struggle short and very bloody some using their bayonets others clubbing their rifles and grenades a minute or two and the trench was ours the earthen fortress so strong that the germans had boasted that it could be held by a janitor and two washerwomen was in the hands of the legion as we swept on the trench cleaners entered the trench behind and began setting things to rights far down six to eight meters below the surface they found an underground city long tunnels with chambers opening to right and left bedrooms furnished with bedsteads washstands tables and chairs elaborate mess-rooms some fitted with pianos and phonographs there were kitchens too and even bathrooms so complex was the labyrinth that three days after the attack germans were found stowed away in the lateral galleries the passages were choked with dead hundreds of germans who had survived the bombardment were torn to pieces deep beneath the ground by french hand grenades and buried where they lay in rifles munitions and equipment the booty was immense we left the subterranean combat raging underneath us and continued on as we passed over the main trench we were enfiladed by cannon placed in armored turrets at the end of each section of trench the danger was formidable but it too had been foreseen in a few moments these guns were silenced by hand grenades shoved point-blank through the gun ports just then i remember i looked back and saw Pala down on his hands and knees i turned and ran over to help him up he was quite dead killed in the act of rising from the ground his grotesque posture struck me at the time as funny and i could not help smiling i suppose i was nervous our line was wearing thin halfway to the third trench we were reinforced by battalion e coming from behind the ground in our rear was covered with our men all at once came a change the german artillery in front ceased firing and the next second we saw the reason why in the trench ahead the german troops were pouring out in black masses and advancing toward us at a trot was it a counter-attack tant mieux 
said a man near me another of a different race said we'll show them then as suddenly our own artillery ceased firing and the mystery became plain the germans were approaching in columns of four officers to the front hands held in the air and as they came closer we could distinguish the steady cry kameraden kameraden they were surrendering how we went at our work out flew our knives and in less time than it takes to tell it we had mingled among the prisoners slicing off their trousers buttons cutting off suspenders and hacking through belts all the war shoes had their laces cut according to the regulations laid down in the last french manual and thus slopping along their hands helplessly in their breeches pockets to keep their trousers from falling round their ankles shuffling their feet to keep their boots on the huge column of prisoners was sent to the rear with a few soldiers to direct rather than to guard them there was no fight left in them now a terror-stricken group some of them temporarily at least half insane as the germans had left the trenches their artillery had paused thinking it a counter-attack now as file after file was escorted to the rear and it became apparent to their rear lines that the men had surrendered the german artillery saw its mistake and opened up again furiously at the dark masses of defenceless prisoners we too were subjected to a terrific fire six shells landed at the same instant in almost the same place and within a few minutes section three of our company had almost disappeared i lost two of my own section casey and leaguer both severely wounded in the leg i counted fourteen men of my command still on their feet the company seemed to have shrunk two-thirds a few minutes later we entered the trench lately evacuated by the prussians and left it by a very deep communication trench which we knew led to our destination ferme navarin just at the entrance we passed signboards marked in big letters with black paint schutzengraben spandau this trench ran zigzag in the general direction north and south in many places it was filled level with dirt and rocks kicked in by our big shells from the mass of debris hands and legs were sticking stiffly out at grotesque angles in one place the heads of two men showed above the loose brown earth here and there men were sitting their backs against the wall of the trench quite dead with not a wound showing in one deep crater excavated by our three twenty millimetres lay five saxons side by side in the pit where they had sought refuge killed by the bursting of a single shell when a man of about twenty-three years of age lay on his back his legs tensely doubled elbows thrust back into the ground and fingers dug into the palms eyes staring in terror and mouth wide open i could not help carrying the picture of fear away with me and i thought to myself that man died a coward just alongside of him resting on his left side lay a blond giant stretched out easily almost graceful in death his two hands were laid together palm to palm in prayer between them was a photograph the look upon his face was calm and peaceful the contrast of his figure with his neighbours struck me i noticed that a paper protruded from his partly open blouse and picking it up read the heading ein Festberg ist unser gott it was a two-leaf track i drew a blanket over him and followed my section the trench we marched in wound along in the shelter of a little ridge crowned with scrubby pines here the german shells bothered us but little we were out of sight of their observation posts and consequently their fire was uncontrolled and no longer effective on we went at every other step our feet pressed down upon soldiers corpses lying indiscriminately one on top of the other sometimes almost filling the trench i brushed against one who sat braced against the side of the trench the chin resting upon folded arms quite naturally yet quite dead it was through this trench that the germans had tried to rush reinforcements into the threatened position and here the men were slaughtered without a chance to go back or forwards hemmed in by shells in both front and rear many hundreds had climbed into the open and tried to escape over the fields toward the pine forest only to be mown down as they ran for hundreds of metres continuously my feet as i trudged along did not touch the ground in many of the bodies life was not yet extinct but we had to leave them for the red cross men 
we had our orders no delay was possible and at any rate our minds were clogged with our own work ahead making such time as we could we finally arrived at the summit of the little ridge then we left the cover of the trench formed in indian file fifty metres between sections and at the signal moved forward swiftly and in order it was a pretty bit of tactics and executed with a dispatch and neatness hardly equalled on the drove ground the first files of the sections were abreast while the men fell in one close behind the other and so we crossed the ridge offering the smallest possible target to the enemy's guns before us and a little to our left was the ferme navarin our goal as we descended the slope we were greeted by a new hail of iron shells upon shells fired singly by pairs by salvos from six-gun batteries they crashed and exploded around us we increased the pace to a run and arrived out of breathly breast of immense pits dynamited out of the ground by prodigious explosions embedded in them we could see three enemy howitzers but not a living german was left all had disappeared as we waited there the mood of the men seemed to change their spirits began to rise one jest started another and soon we were all laughing at the memory of the german prisoners marching to the rear holding up their trousers with both hands some of the men had taken the welcome opportunity of searching the prisoners while cutting their suspenders and most of them were now puffing german cigarettes one of them heffel offered me a piece of kk bread krieg's kartoffel brought black as ink i declined with thanks for i didn't like the looks of it in the relaxation of the moment nobody paid any attention to the shells falling outside the little open shelter until cap de vielle proposed to crawl inside one of the german howitzers for security alas he was too fat and stuck i myself hoped rather strongly that no shell would enter one of these pits in which the company had found shelter because i knew there were several thousand rounds of ammunition piled near each piece hidden under the dirt and an explosion might make it hot for us as we sat there smoking and chatting delponche slid over the edge of the hollow and brought with him the order to leave the pit in column of one and to descend to the bottom of the incline in line with some trees which he pointed out to us there we were to deploy in open order and dig shelter trenches for ourselves though i can tell the reader that shelter is a poor word to use in such a connection it seems we had to wait for artillery before making the attack on navarin itself the trench spandau so delponge told me was being put into shape by the engineers and was already partially filled with troops who were coming up to our support the same message had been carried to the other section as we filed out of our pit we saw them leaving theirs in somewhat loose formation we ran full tilt down the hill and at the assigned position flung ourselves on the ground and began digging like mad we had made the last stretch without losing a man the ferme navarin it was two hundred metres from where we lay from it came a heavy rifle and mitrailleurs fire but we did not respond we had something else to do every man had his shovel and every man made the dirt fly in what seemed half a minute we had formed a continuous parapet twelve to fourteen inches in height and with our knapsacks placed to keep the dirt in position we felt quite safe against infantry and machine-gun fire next each man proceeded to dig his little individual niche in the ground about a yard deep twenty inches wide and long enough to lie down in with comfort between each two men there remained a partition wall of dirt from ten to fifteen inches thick the usefulness of which was immediately demonstrated by a shell which fell into blondino's niche blowing him to pieces without injuring either of his companions to the right or the left the day passed slowly and without mishap to my section as night fell one half of the section stayed on the alert for hours while the other half slept the second sergeant had returned and relieved me at twelve midnight i pulled several handfuls of grass and with that and two overcoats i had stripped from dead germans during the night i made a comfortable bed and lay down to sleep the bank was not uncomfortable i was very tired and dozed off immediately 
suddenly i woke in darkness everything was still and i could hear my watch ticking but over every part of me there was an immense leaden weight i tried to rise and couldn't move something was holding me and choking me at the same time there was no air to breathe i set my muscles and tried to give a strong heave as i drew in my breath my mouth filled with dirt i was buried alive it is curious what a man thinks about when he is in trouble into my mind shot memories of feats of strength performed why i was the strongest man in the section surely i could lift myself out i thought to myself and my confidence began to return i worked the dirt out of my mouth with the tip of my tongue and prepared myself mentally for the sudden heave that would free me a quick inhalation of my mouth filled again with dirt i could not move a muscle under my skin and then i seemed to be two people the eye who was thinking seemed to be at a distance from the body lying there my god am i going to die stretched down in a hole like this i thought through my mind flashed a picture of the way i had always hoped to die the way i had a right to die face to the enemy and running towards him why that was part of a soldier's wages i tried to shout for help and more dirt entered my mouth i could feel it gritting way down in my throat my tongue was locked so i could not move i watched the whole picture i was standing a little way off and could hear myself gurgle my throat was rattling and i said to myself that's the finish then i grew calm it wasn't hurting so much and somehow or other i seemed to realize that a soldier had taken a soldier's chance and lost it wasn't his fault he had done the best he could then the pain all left me and the world went black it was death then somebody yelled hell he's bit my finger i could hear him that's nothing said a voice i knew as colette's get the dirt out of his mouth again a finger entered my throat and i coughed spasmodically someone was working my arms backward and my right shoulder hurt me i struggled up but sank to my knees and began coughing up dirt here says souberon turn round and spit that dirt on your parapet it all helps the remark made me smile i was quite all right now and souberon colette joe and marcel returned to their holes the red cross men were picking something out of the hole made by a two fifty millimetre they told me it was the remnant of the corporal and sergeant fourier who had their trench to my left it seems that a tenant shell had entered the ground at the edge of my hole exploded a depth of two metres tearing the corporal and sergeant to pieces and kicking several cubic metres of dirt into and on top of me souberon and the colette saw what had happened and immediately started digging me out they had been just in time it wasn't long before my streak began to come back two stretcher-bearers came up to carry me to the rear but i declined their services there was too much going on i dug out the german overcoats recovered some grass and bedding myself down in the crater made by the shell began to feel quite safe again lightning never strikes twice in the same spot however that wasn't much like the old-fashioned lightning the enemy seemed to have picked upon my section the shells were falling thicker and closer everybody was broad awake now and all of us seemed to be waiting for a shell to drop in our holds it was only a question of time before we should be wiped out herfel called my attention to a little trench we all had noticed during the daytime about forty metres in front of us no fire had come from there and it was evidently quite abandoned i took herfel and st hilaire with me and quietly crawled over to the trench round the end of it and started to enter at about the centre then all of a sudden a wild yell came out of the darkness in front of us franzosen dear franzosen we couldn't see anything nor they either there might have been a regiment of us or of them for that matter i screeched out in german hande hach hands up and jumped into the trench followed by my two companions as we crouched in the bottom i yelled again hande hach oder wir schießen hands up or we will shoot the response was a familiar kameradan kameradan heffel gave an audible chuckle calling again on my german i ordered the men to step out of the trench with hands held high and to march toward our line i assured the poor devils we would not hurt them they thought there was a division of us more or less and i don't know how much confidence they put in my assurance anyhow as they scrambled over the parapet i counted six of them prisoners to the three of us 
heffel and st hilaire escorted them back and also took word to the second sergeant to let the section crawl one after the other up this trench to where i was one by one men came on crawling in single file and i put them to work carefully and noiselessly reversing the parapet this german trench was very deep with niches cut into the bank at intervals of one metre permitting the men to lie down comfortably i wanted to know the time and felt along my belt one of the straps had been cut clean through and my wallet which had held two hundred and sixty-five francs had been neatly removed some one of my men who had risked his life for mine with a self-devotion that could scarcely be surpassed had felt that his need was greater than mine whoever he was i bear him no grudge poor chap if he lived he needed the money and that day he surely did me a good turn besides he was a member of the legion i placed sentries took care to find a good place for myself and was just dropping off to sleep as huffle and st hilaire returned and communicated to me the captain's compliments and the assurance of a citation footnote equivalent to mentioned in dispatches End of footnote. i composed myself to sleep and dropped off quite content End of section twenty one this recording is in the public domain